Water Polo Podcast. Uh, I am James Smith in Austin, Texas. That is Joe Linehan in San Antonio, Texas. Um, we just spent over an hour, Joe, prepping for the show. So it better be good. It better be good. I don't know about that, but, you know. No, you're right. You're right. Um, uh, and, and, and at some point, we will have the unedited version of the podcast. So. Oh, oh t- a little tease there. All right. That's good. Um, uh, boy, several things to talk about, um, but UIL takes precedence. Uh, but we're going to have a conversation here later with Mark Lawrence. I interviewed him a couple days ago. Their season is uh, more than halfway done, which is unbelievable. Um, and they just came back from California with a challenging uh, four-game schedule. So that comes up soon, a conversation with him. But first, we talk about high school water polo. Um, Joe and I have been vamping about this for some time uh off uh, offline but uh i can't tell you how cool i think this is (laughs) joe it's just it's just so cool like i had my skepticism about the uil sponsorship years ago we would have conversations about how i thought maybe it would be better if they stayed club and uh blown out of the water that theory it is i find this season to be very very invigorating so we can talk about specifics but i wanted to mention that in general first no, I thought. I mean, I, I think it's been a great. It's been a great season. Obviously, there's been some ups and downs. There's a lot of stuff that I think teams want to do better, and the referees are going to do better. The UIL is going to do better. Yeah, for next year, this is the first season, so it's just kind of natural to kind of try to fix things for, for the second season. But overall, you know, it's been a. I think it's been a tremendous kind of kind of success so far. I mean, again, you know, we've talked about it a couple times. You know, just the environments, the atmosphere, environment. It's so like, good. I mean, it's great to see like a pet band out at a water polo right. game exactly. or a bunch of cheerleaders out at, 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 at a water polo game. I don't think that would have happened before. So um, at least not on a regular basis. So I see this at almost every playoff game. And this is just, I mean, it sucks that teams have to sit there and there's only one team that can win the last game. That's just the nature of the beast for like, you know, playoffs and stuff like that. But I think, you know, Teams kind of and yeah and athletes and coaches kind of hold your head high. You know, it's yeah, it's it, yeah. You guys have had a very successful season, very much. And that's one one of the things. One of the observations is simply the sheer number of teams. And I know that was expected. I know that, but to see them actually in action is very very gratifying. It was. It's great to see all these parents. They don't even know what the heck they're talking about. It's totally fine, totally fine. But they're into it, and it's—I I don't know. I'm I, as you can tell, I'm actually more pleased with this than I expected I was going to be. So, um, so there you go. Congratulations. Let's let's get into girls bracket. This is uh, this is regions one and two. We're gonna sort of go through this quickly. I think Flowerman is playing Rockwall Heath um, on the twenty second on Saturday um, at, at uh, LISD Westside, right? Um, yep. And then South, well, I'll go the opposite side of the bracket. Brazos, Wood, and Bridgeland. I think both of us noticed, boy, that is a really good foursome of, uh, of teams on the girls' side. Yeah, that's the winner of District 12, the winner of District kind of kind of 16. I'm sure they played here or there during the season. Just a bit. Those, those are two of the strongest teams from, from that region. Yeah, 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 for sure. So that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's from Region 2. I think they'll, like, the winner of that game is going to play the winner of the Friendswood versus the, like the Cypress Ranch. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of very good games this weekend. Um, so kind of, kind of, kind of good luck to those teams there. And then on the other side, the region one, 
you know, you've got Flower Mound is playing oh, Rockwell Heath, and then you have South Lake Carroll playing the Woodlands. Flower Mound and South Lake Carroll, two strong teams. Very. Um, and that'll be a bar, like that'll be a very good game. I mean, if both teams win, that'll be a very good game for the region championships. So. Yep. We uh, we've definitely had the discussion that you know in this new sort of bracket setup that you're gonna find teams. I mean, Flower Mound is the runner up in District Two to South Lake Carroll. And you're going to find those matchups and not necessarily in the final four, you know, final eight, something like that. So it is a, it is a very exciting thing. It's, it's, there's ups and downs with this, like we said, but that is very, very cool. So um, I, well, do you want to make predictions or no? You want to just leave that for next week? No, I do not want to make predictions. Come on. People will think you're favoring one team over the other. All right. Regions three and four for the girls. Um, Foster plays uh, Westwood High School from Round Rock um, on Saturday. On the opposite side of that, they will whoever wins that game faces Brennan. No, my my mistake. I'm looking the opposite side of the bracket is Brennan and Harlingen. No, uh, so no, it's so it's so it's Foster and Round Round Westwood. Rock Westwood. Yep, is the winner of that will play the winner of of Cypress Creek and yeah uh, and Round Rock. And I will be there. Yeah. And, uh, and that'll be, uh, you know, again, I think Foster and Side Creek have been the two kind of dominant teams from that district throughout the year. Um, they're, they both have, they both have some programs that have had a lot of success the last, yeah, the last few years in kind of good coaches. I think the Round Rock teams are going to be, are like, are are stronger and are going to be ready to go. But if, but if, again, if Foster and Side Creek kind of end up winning their semifinal games, I think that's going to be a hell of a region championship game. That's right. I couldn't be more proud of the Round Rock teams, but I think everybody understands that they face a very large challenge, like Westwood facing Foster, who we've talked about essentially as the best team in the state from the beginning of the season, at least according to our rankings. And then Side Creek is always traditionally very, very strong versus uh, Round Rock High School. Um, love all of those girls, but it's going to be a challenge. So uh, fully expect a Foster Side Creek final that day. Um, then the opposite side is Brennan versus Harlingen and uh, Brandeis versus or Harlingen's, uh, yeah, south. south, yep, and then, and then it's then it's gonna be Brandeis versus the Harlingen. So yeah. congrats to the Harlingen girls. I mean, there's two schools in the in the Harlingen school district, and both of them kind of made it. They're the runner-ups from the district. They're the runner-ups and the winners of District 32. So they've had a fight through. To, yeah, yeah, you, you got to get there. Um, Brandeis and Brenner are two of the stronger teams from the Northside school district. So, you know, I think those are going to be good games. Um, I'm just excited to see the Rio Grande Valley teams being uh, kind of very competitive throughout yes. the playoffs. Um, but I do think, you know, kind of, kind of Brennan and Brandeis are, 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 are going to be strong. And if they do end up winning, it's going to be a good uh, region championship game there. It's so cool to see all these San Antonio teams back. Just, just so cool. Um, okay, uh, regions one and two on the boys' side. Um, Carroll versus Conroe. The winner of that game play, plays against the winner of Marcus versus Woodlands. And both of those won their district, Marcus and the Woodlands, and have obviously been traditionally fr- fairly strong as well. So I, it's probably semi-safe to say that South Lake Carroll might emerge from that. But whatever that is, that's, a again, a good matchup between these okay. teams. Okay, all right. We're trying to talk about, hey, if this team went – you know, you never know what's going to happen here, right? These are these are high school kids. You don't know what's going to happen, including Highland who, Park. Yeah, like like you don't know who's going to be kind of 
ineligible. You don't know if somebody's going to break up with somebody else on the bus ride to, to, to the tournament or yeah, something. That Who knows? You know, um, you know, these are these these are high school kids, so you know, things can happen. Like, but I, I think I think South Lake Carolina Conroe are this is this is basically almost like you know the Conroe and the Woodlands. They are the winner and the and the runner up from District Six, and yep. Marcus and yeah, in South Lake Carroll are the are the winner and the runner up from just from uh from District Two. Yep. So it's gonna be it's gonna be. I mean, you could have a repeat. And and I think if South Lake and Marcus play again, that'll be the fourth time that they play district and playoff kind of related games. Amazing. They played, yeah, because they played during the year twice, yeah. and then they had to do a seeding game to see who would get the first seed, and then they would play again. So I think whoever comes out is yeah is yeah is going to be is going to be battle tested and and going to be ready for the state championship for sure. You make a good point, which is that uh, you know again, if you were going to critique this system, it would be that you know you have teams from the same district whatever that are going to compete one another and then theoretically one knocks the other out when you know you could fairly say maybe one of them deserves to be in the final four or five I or whatever no i'm saying that i'm making this point and what you said is correct they play each other three times this year it's that you know they have all of that chance to compete against one another to figure out who's going to be in that top position i think that's awesome i really do no, um no. I am. I am looking forward to it. It's going to be interesting. I, obviously, we can't be at all the different region championships. Okay. Opposite side: Brazos Wood versus Strake. Strake's been highly rated all through the year. So has Brazos so has, Wood. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yep. Sure. And uh, and Clear Lake and Dawson. Uh, whoever wins that game faces the winner of Brazos Wood Strake. I mean, these are again just top-notch programs and top-notch teams. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah, like those are those are those are those are some of the top teams from the whole Houston area. Yep that are that are that are planned so you know it's, it's definitely going to be the teams that the teams that win or lose from that area are going to be uh are, are going to earn their way to the state championship yeah absolutely um and then the tournament where i am going to be um that is uh regions three and four championships at uh, sci fair the uh foster faces round rock westwood um and then the winner of that game plays the winner of Cy Creek versus Austin High School. So those are, I'm actually going to be uh, refereeing the final game that day. Pretty exciting stuff. But, the, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, again, a big challenge for the Round Rock and Austin teams to go through, although Austin High School has been very strong this year, and uh, I'm really excited about seeing how they, they, they finish the season. And I mean, and I mean, I think probably Foster and Cy Creek are probably going to be favored in, in those games. Yep. But, you know, I think Austin has some strong players. I, I think Westwood has some strong players, but you know, if yeah, but if Foster and Side Creek tend to win, I think that's gonna be a hell of a of it a really reason. is, it really is, um, yeah. And then on the opposite side, Clark versus Far at PSJA um, on one side. This is Southwest ISD Aquatic Center in San Antonio, and then the other is Bernie Champion versus a, I'm gonna get the name right Harlingen. Harlingen South. So uh, that those are the that's your territory, man. Yeah, and that's PSGA North that is playing Clark, and that is Bernie Champion playing the Harlingen South. I mean, it's this is I mean this is I I think this is probably the first time that any of these teams are playing each other. So I mean I mean I, I don't think Bernie Champion this is their first year playing. Right. I, I, I don't think they've ever played a team from the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, Clark has played within the like the Northside School District for the last like the last few years. The Rio Grande Valley has only been playing for the last few years, so it's going to be interesting. This is going to be the first time 
that they that they see each other. Uh, this can be hosted at the Southwest Pool. Um, I think the favors probably probably would be Clark and uh, and, and Bernie Champion, who have had a couple one goal games kind of this year. Oh, really? So um, it's yeah, it's 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 going to be fun. I mean, kind of Bernie Champion ha- had a tough game in that in the third round against Alma Heights, and uh, was it Clark had a tough game against Brandeis, and of course PSJ North had to beat some had to beat Harlingen um, in uh, in the uh, in the region quarterfinals, and the and the and the Harlingen South ended up beating Holmes High School. And which is a San Antonio team in the other in the other uh, region quarterfinal. So, I mean, again, congratulations to all the teams that are playing this weekend. Congratulations to all the teams that have played kind of this season. Just good luck to everybody. And and and, you know, it it's unfortunate that a team has to win, a team has to lose. But, you know, just go out there and kind of play your best and kind of give it your all. So we'll wrap it up by reiterating that because of course, somebody has got to win and we really, you know, it's, it's exciting to talk about these individual matchups, but um, again, I'm, I've been fairly surprised at how, uh, how I'm going to just put it in terms like it's good. This, This season has been just, way better than I expected it. So I'll leave it on that note. Um, yeah, and we're going to ha- end up with the, with the state championships, the winners of each of these uh, region champs this upcoming Saturday is going to meet in San Antonio on Saturday, October 29th for the UIL uh, water polo state champs, the, like the first one ever. So it's going to be a lot of fun. That'll be at the Josh Davis kind of auditorium in the Northeast uh, uh, ISD athletic center. Pack that place, man. It's like you said, cheerleaders and, you know, noisemakers. And I don't think noisemakers are allowed, but whatever, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to be there, but I'm looking forward to watching anybody who sends Twitter videos or anything like that. I'm very excited about that. Well done. Yeah, and and, and yes, yeah. So good luck. It's yeah. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a great way to kind of kind of kind of finish the high school season. Absolutely. And one thing that we did not talk about kind of earlier this past weekend, we did have the Tisco Water Bowl uh, Fall Champs. Oh, that's right. Go ahead. And that was in San Antonio. That yep. was non. That's just the non UIL kind of uh, kind of kind of kind of fall championship. Uh, and the and the St. Mark's team kind of won on the boys side. The St. Agnes team kind of won on the girls side, but. But the other teams, the yeah, that played it was it was it was John Paul II on both boys and girls. It was Johnson and Churchill, kind of both from the Northeast uh, School District here in yeah in, in San Antonio. They yeah they 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 both played, and Vegas has brought a team kind of kind of, kind of full of kids that did not have a UIL team to play for. Perfect. So it was a great little tournament. It was I mean like the teams were great. I, I think they in they had a blast plan. So, and congrats to the Churchill and Johnson because they were, I think they were, and I think they, and I think they surprised themselves because I think they were more competitive than what they thought they were going to be. And, and that's, we've talked before, it seems like they're queuing themselves up at least eventually for UIL. So that's, that seems to be very good news as well. We're keeping our fingers crossed. So hopefully maybe next year or at the very least in 24. Okay. Um, speaking of success uh, in tournaments, let's talk about Thunder. They took off to Rocktober, which is a tournament. It, Thunder and Pegasus. Thunder and Pegasus were out there. Pegasus yeah. and Th- Thunder. Yeah, two teams. And uh, Rocktober's in Mesa, Arizona, right? Yep. That is a twelve and under tournament. It it, it happens kind of each year. It's a USA Water Polo Run event. And Thunder brought two teams out there, of which kind of one of their teams placed third in the upper division. And I believe that team was made up of primarily girls. So congrats to them. Yeah, that's a great and, result. Um, and then kind of Pegasus was out there and they placed, uh, I believe it was second in the role division. 
Um, and then the and then the, the Thunder B team was also in the World Division as well. So, congrats. I mean, that is just that's an excellent tournament. I think they had almost 40 total teams out there. There was a bit of a of a weather delay, which yeah. you know you don't really see that a whole lot in Mesa. Kind of <laughs> Outdoors in Mesa, Arizona, unless things but, are on fire. Yeah. But uh, but you know it's it that is that is a tournament that a lot of Texas teams have gone to. And I think we'll continue to go to it. And it's a ton of fun. And again, it's specifically for 12 and unders. Um, and, uh, and then, then the next one that is coming up is going to be the champions cup here in early November. So exciting stuff. Uh, something to keep in mind a year from now, by the way, because there's three 12 and under teams from this area. That's very good. Let's hope there's five next year. That'd be very cool. Exactly. Uh, uh, ODP, you and I are going to go to ODP. I'm going, it's at, at the youth are at, at, uh, UT this weekend mm-hmm. on su- Sunday, it was, a, um, it, was a, it was a change of venue. It was it was supposed to be at Round Rock. It is now at the UT Swim Center. Hey, can I tell you like how shocked I was you got UT? <laughs> I mean, I I didn't think there was any chance. I think that's awesome. Like that's a very very good venue for ODP. We used to do it all the time, so uh, I'm very excited about that. Oh, it's going to be great. But the only problem is you have to park like a like a mile. I know. Mile away, yeah, so. I'm going to take Uber or something like that. Just plan, plan, plan accordingly, people. Okay, so youth are there. Youth are essentially the oldest athletes, and then the coaches that are coming to town are featured. Are feature who? Um, the head men's national team coach is going to be coming on uh, for to help and work with the youth boys. So. Some guy named Dejan Udovicic will be there um, on Sunday at UT. This is a very good um, experience for my guys who are going to go to that clinic. I think that's going to be very cool. Um, yeah. And then the development kids are in Houston. Yep. At the CFISD Natatorium in Cypher. And then the cadet kids, the cadet boys are at Dallas Jesuit. The cadet girls are at um, Highland Park up in North Texas. North Texas. They swapped spots or, you know, they rotated spots. The last camp was, um, you know, the age groups were at different locations geographically throughout the state. So, But generally Central Texas, North Texas, and Houston, generally and- speaking. And let's just say this, the response to ODP this fall has been overwhelming. Yeah. I think that um, the last time I talked to Chris Cullen, who is the head coach and the head administrator in the zone for it, there's the most kids ever from our zone. I believe it. Um, and it's in the hundreds more it, the that, fo- yeah. that, that have participated in the various camps and the various age groups. So congrats to all that. I mean, Again, the whole like the primary purpose of these OD, uh, of these ODP camps are to come and get better, learn some skills. Yep, absolutely. Listen to the coaches and learn. Yes, I know they're going to be making kind of kind of selections for the zone ODP teams, but you know that the main yeah, we have the main thing is go there and work hard. You know the reason why we continually talk about that is because there are some kids, and I know this because they've said so. They that basically said, "Well, it's a selection camp, right?" I'm like, "Well, partially," and they think, "Well, I'm not going to get selected, so why bother?" And I'm like, no, that's not what we're, it, it's like. I say it's right in the name, development. You're supposed to go there in order to f- learn stuff from coaches that you don't see every day that are, you know, theoretically that are going to be in very good positions uh, elsewhere. You know, so absolutely continue to sign up. I'm delighted to hear that there's more athletes and no wonder, you know, you change the format to allow for all these athletes and it's fantastic. The demand is there. So I'm very happy about that. Yeah. It's going to be a ton of fun. And then some other stuff that's coming up on the USA water polo calendar. Um, So so this is after the state high school championship on November 5th and 6th year. We have the Alamo classic, which can be for the 18 and the the 16 and under divisions. Yep. Send the teams here. That'll be here in San Antonio. 
Um, then we're going to have the weekend after that is going to be the Dallas Fall Masters kind of invite. That'll be a Masters, that's a men's and women's open tournament hosted by Pegasus at, at Garland. Mm. Um, and then the weekend before Thanksgiving is going to be the Tags Water Polo Champs, which is which is the state championships for the 8th grade, 6th grade. And we're actually going to do 5th grade and younger. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, and yeah, and yeah, and that'll be in Garland also, also, also hosted. Yeah. Yeah. By Pegasus. Um, and it, again, that's, that's a term that always coincides with the high school season. So yeah. we had tags this past spring. Now we're having tags this upcoming, um, like this upcoming month in November. So, um, and then there's going to be some, uh, there's be game days and some tournaments in December, but, um, Big I'm going to get more details out and we'll, we'll, we'll talk a, a little bit more later, but there were, but there's gonna be some men's national team games coming to North Texas at the end of December and in early January. And this is going to be a, this is going to be a four nations tournament, including the United States and uh, three other uh, kind of countries. It's going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be available to anybody that wants to go watch it. We haven't had this level of competition here in Texas on the men's side for a long, long Since time. 2015. I think that game in Houston, right? And that was only, then that was only one game in one game. Here, and here we're going to, yeah. Here, here we're going to have five days of games. Yeah, awesome. And uh, if you have not seen international level water polo before, or even like very high level NCA, those two are not, by the way, all that comparable. The international is just better. But uh, go, you have to go watch. You have to go watch what it looks like. And look, it's a training tournament. And but not to say that they're not going to want to win, but. It is a training tournament. They're getting ready for the Olympics. Um, it, go watch. Go watch just how people look like at the highest levels. It is really, really exciting. You'll learn a lot. So I'm excited about that too. Unfortunately, I'm going to be out of town, Joe. Like I'm not going to be there for it. Otherwise, I'd be front row. I, I'm, I, I would love to have a house to go to in Santa Fe as well. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I'm not complaining about it whatsoever. Okay. Okay. Uh, Austin College, 4-9 on the season, came back from California. They uh, played um, UC San Diego. You know, how can I say? UC San Diego beat them pretty soundly. Biola, Santa Clara, Fresno Pacific. Um, You'll hear me just in a moment talk with Mark Lawrence about those games and what his expectations were versus uh, at least, you know, especially Biola and Fresno Pacific, those are – more competitive games. They lost each one of those by two goals. Um, but what we did, we didn't talk a whole lot, Mark and I, about the upcoming tournament, uh, the CWPA three Division Three Eastern Championships. We talked about it a little bit. Um, it's firmed up now. Their first game is against Washington and Jefferson um, on the 22nd. And then they, I believe if they win that game, they play MIT. I think that's guaranteed, but I'm not positive. But anyway, that's for a chance at Division Three National Championships. So this coming weekend is really going to determine in some ways what the end of the season for Austin College looks like. Yeah, I mean, and kind of, kind of, kind of good luck to Mark and all, yeah, and all his kids up there. Um, I'm sure he's going to be. I'm, I'm sure this is what he's kind of been. He's been pointing to. Right. Uh, this is, this is, this is going to be kind of like a very big chance to go and create some post, yeah, like some postseason kind of uh, uh, opportunities. So, you know, kind of good luck. It's at what? It's at Cathedral Prep. I think that's, that's it of uh, of kind of Philadelphia. So. Um, is that a high school pool? But you're going to have a bunch of college teams there playing. So very good. Um, okay, here he is. Hi, 
Hi, this is Natalie Benson, and you are listening to a podcast about water polo in Texas. Mark Lawrence has now been the head coach at Austin College for 45 years. Um, no, not really. Um, just came back from California, a challenging trip. We're going to get into that for a moment. But here he is, head coach of both the men and women at Austin College, Mark Lawrence. How are you doing, Mark? Good. How's it going, James? I'm doing all right. We've been chatting here for about 30 minutes beforehand. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's reveal the truth. It's just like the podcast with Joe. It's like we get business done for like 40 minutes at a time. Um, yeah. So, uh, but let's start. So, uh, you know, we haven't spoken since before your trip up to uh, the Bruno invite, in fact, so the beginning of the season, um, you're now four and nine. You've played an enormously competitive schedule. Let's put it that way, I suppose. Yeah. Um, you did very well at your Rue invite, which you hosted at uh, Austin College. So, uh, and then four tough games in California out at Cal Baptist yeah. in invite the last weekend. Just give us the big beats about what your impressions are about the season, um, and including, you know, who who are who's performing and who's not. Well, maybe not so much who's not, but but how are things going in general? <laughs> Yeah, you want me to get personal with the who's not performing? Yeah, just start yeah. with the ones who are in the doghouse. That's <laughs> yeah. good radio. Um, yeah, I'm just kidding. We got a pretty empty doghouse right now. That's good. Good. So good. It's um, no, yeah, things are going really well. So you know, I like you said, our our record's a little just deceiving because you look at our nine losses and you look at the fact that we played programs like, you know, Harvard, Brown, Air Force, Santa Clara. Um, UC San Diego, like these are the, these are some of the programs that are in our loss column, you know. So I don't think there's a lot of programs across the country, especially Division Three, who are going to take a lot of shame in those losses. It's more about how you compete in those games and how you play versus what the uh, the end of result is. Especially in a year like this where we're really young, you know. Last year, last year we played teams like Brown and Air Force, and we had upperclassmen-wise, you know, almost the entire travel roster of 16 all upperclassmen who are really experienced, you know, maybe not as skilled as a group, but really experienced and they knew what to expect. You know, last year we saw that when we took programs like that to one and two goal games. Um, this year we're extremely young, so over 50% of our roster is underclassmen. So we're gaining that experience to be able to perform at that level, hopefully as soon as next year, um, against teams of that caliber. So. There's uh there's there's there, there's years we call go years with a with programs at the division one level and years that we look at those as development and you know right now we're relying on six of our seven freshmen every single game so plus us our uh, sophomore Andrew so you know this is uh at times of the season we want them to be go games um, at other times of the season these are hey you know let's get out there and compete at the highest level and get better so when we're in this position next year, we're, we're, we're rolling, you know, we're able to go. So, um, but with division three, I think our division three record is, if I'm not mistaken, five, five and two, maybe. So mm. um, with our division three games, we're actually having a pretty great season so far. Just one hiccup in there. So you mentioned when we spoke last time that you're going to, you sort of broke some news. You said one of the games you're going to just start all freshmen. Did you pull it off? Yeah, we've actually done it three times now. Wow. So, um, not necessarily start seven freshmen, but mm -hmm. yeah, no, it, we get halfway through the second quarter, uh, late first quarter, and it's a heavy rotation with freshmen. So we've had four of our of, of our games of those caliber we just mentioned had our freshman goalie playing um, 
at least minimum half the game, mm. you know, had our freshman field players in almost every single quarter, you know, so it's been really great. Um, you know, we've had some injuries throughout our season so far, nothing, nothing season ending or anything like that, but just, you know, resting bodies for games here and there. So we've had minimal games where we've had our entire roster available to us. And every opportunity like that's an opportunity for a younger guy to, to get more experience as well, you know, so. Right. You uh, and you and I spoke earlier about this. You play you've now played uh, some newer programs, um, uh, yeah. on, lost Augustana at home. You played Biola, which Biola is a, is for those outside. In fact, even for me, I forgot Biola existed, honestly, when they announced that they were going to have a program. Um, but, you know, they are smack in the middle of Orange County. So these are not yeah. challenging games. And Augustana is recruiting pretty well as well. Is that your impression as well? Like these new programs appear to be doing pretty well pretty quickly. Yeah. What's, what, and what's great with for us is that, um, you know, I, I thought we did a great job as a brand new program coming out of the shoot. And I think people – especially myself kind of forget that like our seniors right now and our seniors last year, they had, you know, 50% of their development taken away from them with COVID. Right. So you know, we have juniors and seniors and seniors last year who missed two full years of their, of, of their career. And uh, really important the years development wise, like look at our current seniors, they lost, they lost their whole sophomore yeah, year, which, amazing. you know, um, so these programs are doing really well and they don't have that interfering with them. So, they're developing very well and recruiting very well. You know, when you look at a school like Biola, um, yeah, like you said, they're right in the middle of like LA and Orange County, right there on that border. They have access to a beautiful pool across the street from their campus. And, um, you know, they're a scholarship program, so they're going to do really go. well. And, um, like, how can you not be really good with the location of being in LA, San Diego, Orange County, you know, Northern California, like, so we so with these programs it's and it's great for the sport to see a school like that just add and become really competitive really fast. You know, Westcliff is another one. Westcliff right. you know, they have a great coach who I know from his Grinch days and I have a lot of respect for him. And um, you know, they're right there in the heart of like Irvine, practicing that Wallet Center. So they're doing a great job. So it's really cool to see these new programs kind of pop up and be competitive right away. I think it gives great uh, confidence to other schools that might want to do the same and follow suit. So, I I'm, I loved Westcliff having a program again, a team that I had or a college I had no idea. Wow, what a campus though! <laughs> it's like an office park. It is. Yeah. It, I would not personally want to go there, but I had a, somebody who was interested in going, and of course encouraged her very much. But she ended up somewhere else. But Westcliff, uh, right. um, interesting. Pro he's a he's a really interesting guy. Bulgaria. Yeah. You don't really find water polo in Bulgaria. He's an awesome guy, awesome coach. He was at Grinch Club when I was at Navy Club. Yeah. So we a lot and have a lot of respect for them i don't know anything about their campus uh but i'll take your word for it <laughs> you but, should um, it's an office park man it's really interesting gotcha well i i, I think he's a quality enough person to uh <laughs> sacrifice your campus experience to play so well if they're playing a woolet i mean you know <laughs> who cares about the campus you got a great pool to practice in so yeah absolutely so, all right yeah. Speaking of maybe not so great pools, not a bad one, not at all, but you're headed up to Erie on the 22nd yeah. um, play. Actually, it does not list your first round game. Do you know who you're playing your first round yeah, game on so the 22nd? Yeah, we just came up with all this within the last like 24 hours, Got probably. It. So we're looking at we're going to have a uh, we're, we, we play in the first round, Washington Jefferson. OK, so we played them here. We had a competitive game with them here. Um, you know, again, another program like 
extremely well coached with uh, Co- Coach Nicola. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so it should be a really good game, and and I'm excited. Like, I think whoever comes through this game is going to be very well. Uh, is is going to benefit from the having an extremely competitive game in the first round. You know, so we're excited. Um, if we're fortunate enough to move past that game, we'll play MIT in the semis, and the winner of that will go to nationals. And our guys are really chomping at the bit to get a get a rematch with them. So we just have to make sure that they don't uh, look past their first game, you know, first. So, so this is CWPA Division Three Eastern Championships. We didn't. I failed to mention that. So th- this is the, this is the tournament that that uh, places yeah. you at at the national the USA Water Polo Division Three National Championships. And you yep. played M- MIT earlier. You can almost say was it their home pool? Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. But the yeah. nine to four loss. That's a that that four might have been more competitive than you even thought it was going to be. So yeah, I can see why you're chomping for a rematch. Yeah, we. I mean, we we enjoy playing them. Like, we obviously have a soft spot in our heart for Austin as a coach. But it's um, like our programs are very similar. Like how we play, the structure we play with, um, the, uh, how we develop our out. It's all identical, you know. So um, neither team will do anything that will surprise you. Their team, we know exactly how each other want to play, and we're both both programs are very comfortable with that. You know, we kind of want that rematch. Like last year in twenty one, we had a one goal game with them until early fourth quarter and they kind of pulled away at the end. Um, this year, one of our better players got mysteriously rolled <laughs> on the first possession of the game that we're still confused by. But like you said, it, it, the, the, the game was in Boston. So, um, and they kind of shell shocked us with like a five Oh first quarter. We were, we were just legitimately shell shocked because of what happened. And then we came out in second quarter and it was a four, four game, the rest of the game and, and crazy competitive. So uh, we're excited about the potential of playing them, but we got to take care of business first with W and J. So for sure. Um, then in if you place top two, you go yeah. off to California for the Division Three national championships in, on December third and fourth. Yeah. Um, and but there's competition in between then, so you yeah. have another trip to California coming up. Caltech and Laverne are on the calendar. I'm sure that you've got three or four other games planned um, in the month of November. Um, yeah. Is I think playing for the national championship berth in October could be suboptimal, but what do you think about the fact that you have a tournament coming up that's going to determine whether you go to the national championship? Yeah. So I think it's awkward placement to uh, have your, you know, it's not the end all be all because now, um, well, so multi answer, you know, in years past before we had an MPSF division three, um, championship, you know, we, it was the end all be all yes. in October. And it was just really awkward to have your, your, your championship peak, your goal peak for your season be the weekend before Halloween right. while you still had a whole nother month of competition afterwards. So it was just really awkward how it worked out. Um, this year is year one with having a division three conference within the MPSF. So this year is year one where we're going to have an MPSF division three champion, uh, division three MVP, Division uh, first team all division three for the MPSF, and that's all going to happen in at the end of the season, the weekend before, before Thanksgiving at USC. Yeah. So that's awesome. So now we have that to uh, focus on next year in fall 2023. Uh, the MPSF division three will get an AQ for the final four. So this is the last year of kind of the awkwardness. Interesting. So, so yeah. So. So this is the last year of uh, we'll still do this crossover tournament, but it'll be more of a crossover versus um, 
qualifying for nationals. Maybe on like so, a seeding uh, tournament or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, so yeah, so it'll be really great, but it is a little bit awkward, but we just added another game to our November 4th, uh, date. So we're going to play Pomona Pitzer as well. Okay. So, um, those are, it's, it's easy to find motivation for our, our guys, you know, when you have teams like Pomona Pitzer and Laverne, um, on your schedule still. So we really, for whatever reason, we can't get over the uh, Laverne hump. Uh, we play almost every year. They're very good, very well coached. And, uh, our guys, that's a, that's one of the schools that we circle on, on our calendar every year. Cause we, we get so close and then end up falling short in the fourth quarter every year. So. And Caltech's looking good. Like, that, I mean, Caltech was, you know, if you look at their record, it was always like one win per season or something like that. You know, got the smartest guys on the planet, yeah. you know, playing. But yeah. I'm looking pretty good this year. Yeah, they're, uh, they, they've been competitive and stuff in most of their games. So we'll kind of see how, how that, that game goes, you know. But that weekend is meant to be um, – we want to go out there and we want to go 3-0. and um, but that weekend's also to get us ready for MPSF champs, right. you know. So it's the first time that we're traveling that weekend specifically. So I'm really excited to see how we do and how it prepares us or benefits us moving forward. You're a busy man. You got two kids. You got all kinds of stuff going on. Do you even get the chance to follow NCAA water polo in general? You know, or are you so focused really that you, some, you know, you're not necessarily checking out the, the UOP Pepperdine scores? Yeah, to be honest, when we look out west, we really follow the schools that we cross over with mm-hmm. on our our schedule. Um, I do get a chance to sit back and kind of take a deep breath and be a fan. And when those times come, like my 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 two year old loves to watch water polo. Uh, oh, which you're is, just saying that. Come on, man. No, he and I sit there, so we'll sit there and we'll we'll live stream something that's background noise, and we'll end up just <laughs> watching it like together. But um, he uh, he enjoys it, but. You know, what maybe once a week, one weekend per year, my wife, who's a former D1 Warblow player, also um, can sit back and just be fans and watch a really quality game. So earlier this year, we watched Santa Clara versus Princeton. Mm. Um, we had a little extra motivation to watch Santa Clara, but at the same time, like we got to watch that game um, live and just be fans. But those weekends aren't very often. We pay a lot of we pay a lot of attention to the East Coast scores um, because there's a little bit more relevance to our, our schedule, but. Um, yeah, for the most part, uh, we, we we try to find out one weekend, that one one or two days to be fans. Um, but, you know, there's, yeah, and it's a little bit easier now because of technology, so. Right. Um, the last subject is, um, it was funny, I was I was talking to someone of a player, I'll just say a player, a high school player in my area, yeah. and they were saying, well, you know, Austin College, the, the, the men, it's like loaded with Californians. And yeah. said, well, that's partially true, partially not. Um, and I'm, I'm going to let you speak for yourself. So this is not to defend or to, to critique. I'm wondering over time, what you can observe is that the number of those from outside of Texas has increased on your roster. And so I know that this athlete was slightly concerned that the Texas athlete was not going to be considered so much, but you and I have spoken as well about how your Texas athletes are among your better ones or your favorites or something like that. Maybe you can speak to that issue from my, <laughs> yeah, from my for sure. kid who's interested in knowing this. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a couple different angles with it too. It's um, our first couple of years, we were, we were very Texas heavy and uh, we gave first opportunity to Texas athletes to get access to our roster. Right. Yeah. And we got to a point where, Texas kids on our roster were like, hey, like, let's get our roster a little bit more diverse so we could kind of play with, meet new people, compete with 
uh, new individuals from different parts of the country, you know? Um, so it's a little bit of like self-reflection from our own roster of wanting a little bit more diversity, but every single year we give priority to Texas athletes. Mm. Um, a lot of it is though that I like in, uh, you know, well, a part of it is that our program is developing and just getting more attention to people from outside the state. Absolutely. That's been clear. Yeah. Yeah. So right now we're starting to get tons of interest. We, we, we've always gotten great interest from like Chicago, but we gain great interest from Chicago, great interest from Florida, uh, all over Texas, all, all over the West coast from San Diego, all the way up to like Seattle. So as our program develops, we get more interest, um, which, you know, is, is a part of it and does just means that the roster spots at times fill up quicker, you know, um, I think a part of it too, with the, with Texas kids, um, a lot of them, you know, we see them play for their programs and it's easy just to look at a roster. Like, you know, we played a couple of them last weekend in California. I'm like, Hey, I remember that kid from when he was a player, but that kid never reached out or never responded to right. us. Yep. So I think a lot of it too, is that the Texas kids, um, for whatever reason, uh, you know, either reach out to us late in the process or we, we never hear from them or they don't respond. So it's a little bit mix of everything. You know, the kids in Texas um, who are really interested uh, that, that reach out to us, we recruit really hard. You know, last year, you know, we almost we could have potentially had four Texas kids in this recruiting class on the men's side. Um, <clears throat> we have one, you know, next year we might see five in our five or six in our recruiting class you know, if all things go, go well. So it just goes in waves. You know, our focus as a program is to bring in athletes who want to be here as one of their f top choices, right. you know? Um, so a little bit is uh, the athletes having to be um, a little bit like, in, like, like uh, insert their interests, I guess, yeah. uh, in a strong fashion. So, you know, you know, so that's, I think it's, I think it's a mix of four or five different things, but we still love our Texas kids and want to give them, you know, opportunities to excel here, you know, so. Um, speaking of which, and this will be the, uh, I'll let you go after this. You, um, yeah. you have you, again, busy guy, don't have a whole lot of time for other stuff, but <laughs> it is the first UIL season. And I know that you and I might share something about this, which is it, this feels right. Like this is for yeah. us. We grew up, you grew up you played in NorCal. I played in SoCal, but the fall, that was when the high school season was. And I can tell you from my own experience, having refereed and watched a lot of games that this feels like. I'm I'm even more jazzed about it than I thought it was going to be. But I wonder if you even have the time to you know observe what's going on in UIL water polo. Yeah, it, it does make it tough that it overlaps with our season in the fall. Um, but I mean, it's pick your poison, right? It's going to be the fall or the spring most likely. So with with swimming being such a strong winter sport, um, so or at least at the college level. But it's um, you know, it makes it a little bit tough at times. Like a lot of the big weekends here, we're on the road traveling. So I'm, I'm watching them from afar versus in person. But at the same time, like it's fantastic that I think it's in the fall. I think it being in the fall is perfect. Um, you know, for me as a coach or even as a player, when I was a player and I was in the same position as these kids, I, I developed a little bit later, right? I was one of those kids that came out my junior year um, pretty raw, pretty green still and probably didn't get a lot of loves. And then my senior year developed a lot when I was a little bit more experienced and confident. And started getting way more eyeballs my way. And I think that's the case more often than not that, you know, it's you have a lot of these kids who break out their senior year. Um, and if that's in the springtime, sometimes that might be too late, you know, yeah. to. Find. But for these kids who are breaking out junior and senior year, 
um, and really developing a little bit later in their high school career, which is very natural. I think it's great for them to do it in the fall when a lot of schools, especially Division three schools, are are start not starting, but they're 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 very fresh in their recruiting process. So you know, um, so I I think that's really really great. And then if you look at these kids who are extremely high level that are looking to commit to uh, a higher level program summer before their senior year, the fact that they're playing as juniors um, in, in the fall gives them the opportunity to start that process a little bit earlier for them as well. So I think timing of it in the season is 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 great. You know, uh, we get compliments all the time about our first first women's class that we brought in. But the reality is we a lot of those women committed in the springtime when they blew up uh, between their junior and senior year. And a whole lot of people just didn't see that that transition for them to happen. So I think from a coach's perspective and a player's perspective, it's it's the timing of it's great. The structure of it is is uh, really great. So I think it's just going to help the sport blow up and benefit everybody across the country. So I do too. I hate to confess it because I, I thought it was going to be good. I didn't think it was. Uh, and I I'm no, <laughs> I speak to people who are like, wow, this is very good. But man, it's disorganized. Yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> that's not a that, that is not a problem. Like the, just the, yeah. the culture that's being created to me is astounding. So I'm very, very pleased about it. But yeah. I will I will let you go. I think that. Um, there's some chance you might be going to state championships. Maybe not. I'm not going. I'm going to leave that to others. But uh, but for you, enormous congratulations and, uh, and good luck for the rest of the season, Mark. Awesome. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. That was my conversation with Mark Lawrence, head coach at Austin College men's and women's team. The men are heading up to uh, Erie this weekend. Um, and that's it, Joe. Uh, you, you good? Anything else? No, just good luck to all the teams this weekend. I will continue to see you, Joe, um, both in San Antonio and elsewhere. But uh, that's it for today's show. So thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend about what we're doing here at the TX Waterpole Podcast. And until next week, so long from Austin.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.